In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. Well, hello and welcome in to the In the Lab. My name's Drew Doherty. That's John Harris. And it's good to reach out and touch someone and high-five someone. A little high-five. Yes, in the lab, it's time to play true-false. Oh, Boy. sprung Ooh, that on you. You didn't okay. know that was coming, did you? You thought something else was going to be yeah, man. the topic of discussion today. So I came out of nowhere. You sure about that? 2022 right, NFL Draft, true or false. Ooh, you know I love this. You know I love this. I have. I've been telling you since um, – since basically like November, mm-hmm. that I've got a, an NFL draft crush on Marcus Jones just up the street. Yeah, yeah. Cornerback. Yeah. He's listed as a corner. He's one of the greatest return men in the history of college football. Mm-hmm. He ended my alma mater's perfect season. <laughs> he did. SMU was rolling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hadn't lost a game. It was late in the season. Kicked off to him late in the game, and he busted up a tie with a touchdown. He's excellent. I, I, I'm really big on him. I like him. I still don't know why you're on the ladder kick to him. The ball's in the air, and I'm like, I kind of think it was. Doing? I kind of think it was a miss hit. I don't think they were trying to. I think they were trying to kick it out of bounds. He made him pay for it. They just didn't kick it right. Uh, another guy who's really high up on that list now for me, as far as being a draft crush, is one of those combine freaks. Man, he did all the numbers, did all of it, but he's no Mike Mamula or uh, that guy. Don, is it Dante Mock from Nevada a few years ago? That oh, was really yeah. Good? yeah. He's not good one. just good a combine one. spectacular. He did. He was spectacular yeah. there. He backed it up just as much on the field with his tape. He was a Bednarik Award winner, an Outland Trophy Award winner. Oh. Talking about in the middle. He was part of the di- – Oh, you're talking big. Talking about the, the national champions, Georgia, interior defensive lineman Jordan Davis. I'm a huge fan of this guy. Yeah. So when I see his name, it's like there's a big – Siren <laughs> going off and lights just yeah. flashing. Yeah, I do these mock drafts like a dork, like you, yeah. and we trade them pretty much, you know, three, four times a week. And every time we send it, we say the Texans got better <laughs> because, and then yes. we see what happened. We have done that. So I'm looking at one I did yesterday, and I don't think this ever happens. Right, I, he slipped to 37th, and it's not, you know, I snapped him up. I probably would have. I don't know what I was thinking. I probably should have taken him at 13. But let's say this: true or false, Jordan Davis. Is a top ten pick. Oh, oh man! Now in my you thought I was going one way, but I zipped. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, because you had you got him at thirty seven. Yeah, no top, chance. So, top ten is really on the border. When I did my mock for HoustonTexas.com, the one I actually wrote up and mm-hmm. did myself, when I did every single team, I had Davis going at number ten of the Jets. Okay, I don't know if the Jets the right spot exactly, but I kind of thought. The way he would fit with Quentin Williams in between John Franklin Myers, I thought that would be a really good fit. And Robert Sala, coming from the 49ers, they drafted nothing but defensive line dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joe Douglas, who came from the Ravens, they've been around defensive line dudes. And I could see them looking at Jordan Davis going, you know, all these receivers, no, no, no. We're going to win up front. Yeah. They drafted Elijah Vera Tucker last year. It was Mackay back then the year before that. I think that was Joe Douglas' first draft. They go into trenches, and so the ten made ten made sense. But if it didn't, I couldn't find a spot for Jordan Davis in that top ten that that made the right sense. So I think it's false. He okay. will not be in the top ten. Now, if you move that to 
15 to 17. Mm-hmm. I think I would say true. I think his landing spot is somewhere between 10 to 17, not number 37, where you got him. Now, if he's sitting there at 37 and I'm Nick Casario, the first thing I'm doing is I'm grabbing my area scout, my national scouts, and I'm draft, draft, grabbing James Lipford. And I, well, this is actually going to happen on Thursday night. I walk into a room and go, why in the holy you know what is Jordan Davis still on the board? What's going on? There's something happening. Something's gone on that we didn't find. We had a first round grade on him and a, and a pretty high one, but we went a different direction. Why is he still on the board? What is it? Do digging. Is there something off the field that we missed or that everybody missed? What's going on? I just can't see him getting to 37. I think once you get in that, that 10 to 17 range, and I use 17 because that's where the Chargers are. Yeah, and I feel like the Chargers are the Chargers are one – I think the Chargers are close to being one player away. Is it a 345-pound defensive interior stud in between Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa? Well, yeah, when you say it like that, it sounds like it could be. I would love to have Jordan Davis here. And I did – like you, I did one where I worked in trades. So instead of at three and thirteen, mm-hmm. I ended up at nine and seventeen. And I traded with the Chargers. I know. They, they I, go up to thirteen and get Jordan Davis. They didn't. So when I was sitting at seventeen, guess who was still there? That's Jordan why these, Davis. That's why these things are fun because banana yeah, stuff like that. Exactly. And, it's always uh, fun to talk about. Ten, I think, is too high. Fifteen is boy, it's close. I did it. I did one the other day where Hutchinson, Aiden Hutchinson, fell in the Texans. So I took him, and then I took Step this guy. Up. Jordan Davis at 13, supercharged the defensive line. Yeah. Okay. Another true false. By the time this trade weekend finishes, the Texans will have five first rounders combined in 2023 and 24. Now, listen, hmm. you go into this draft with 11 overall picks this year. This year. Two okay. of them are ones. Yep. Next year, you have a dozen picks. Two ones. Two of them are ones. Year after, you've got two ones. You know, you've got yours each of the next three years. You've got Cleveland's each of the next three years. But what I'm saying is you add to that first-round haul for the two years next. So 2023-2024. There will be five combined. True or false? So essentially one added first-rounder first through trade. 2023 2023-2024. Yeah. Now, before I answer this, Mark and I talked about this in All Access mm-hmm. on, on Wednesday night. Because one of the deals that I – both deals that I made, I went from 3 to 9, and then I went 13 to 17. And that's why we're – that's why I'm spicing this in. That's why this is like – this is buttressing. Right. I like to use the word buttress. I don't like to use word. the word buttress as much as our producer, right. Jared Huffy, likes to use the word buttress. Right. He loves that word. It. I think it's originally those those things on the sides of cathedrals to yes. kind of keep the cathedrals from falling over. But Correct. Buttress in this sense is like adding to it, supporting that that argument. Along those lines, I do think there will be additional 2023-2024 picks of a top 50, top 75 nature. But? I don't know that there are going to be first-rounders given up to move into this draft. Okay. So, But I do think teams will move or want to move and not have enough in this draft hall to be able to say, hey, we'll give you a second, a third, a fifth to move up that's not enough. We're going to need something next year. And I think teams are going to be hesitant to move up that don't have a quarterback right now because 2023 is going to be loaded with quarterbacks. They want to have that first-round pick just in case in 2023. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to be hesitant to give it up. 
but they may give up second and third rounders. In fact, the two deals that I made, and of course, it's just, you know, as our friend Landry Locker uh, and Figgy Fig like to say, EA Sports. It is, but it's fun to talk about. I was able to work the deal from three to nine with Seattle and to swap those picks, I got a second and third this year, mm-hmm. and I got Seattle second and third next year. To go from 13 to 17, I got L.A. Chargers third this year and a second next year. So in 2023, I've got two firsts, three seconds, and three thirds. I've drafted eight times, presumably, in the top 50 or in the top, uh, I'm sorry, the top 100 with those particular picks. So I think it's false. I don't think they'll get a first rounder. To do that, I think they would lose that opportunity. So if somebody says, hey, we'll trade you this, this, and next year's first rounder for your pick number 13. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they want to lose that opportunity to draft a player in this particular draft. They want to have the two picks, I think, in the first round. Now, it might come through where a team is like, look, we'll give you a second, a third, a fourth, a first next year, and a fourth next year. It might be too good. Ted DiBiase said, everybody has a price. At that point, you look at it and go, We can never have too many Ted DiBiase, yeah. the million-dollar million dollar man, man. Uh, references on this podcast. Everyone's got a price. I'm going to stop again and say one of the most memorable wrestling matches I've ever seen was late 80s. It was Saturday night's main event, I believe. Mm-hmm. DiBiase and I think Zeus. Zeus, yeah. They paid off the refs. And oh, you saw the, the money coming out yeah. of the ref's pocket. Yeah. And the Hulkster lost a, a match. Okay. Did you cry? No, 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 no. But I, I was outraged. Yeah, it, you have to be. I was outraged. You have to be. When Ted DiBiase is pulling money out of a briefcase and giving it to a ref, it throws off the integrity of the match. Like, yeah. you, can't, you can't do that. Point being, everything's got its price. Everything's got a price. So if, if you're going to tell me that, okay, we're going to trade 13 for a first next year and that's it, wait a second. What do I, what do I get? I, I just your push my answer. first rounder to next year. And there's value in that. There's value in that because of the number of quarterbacks that could be there. Now, it doesn't, doesn't tell you the Texans are taking a quarterback, but it just means you have a lot of ammunition. You have a lot of first-round spots where teams that might need a quarterback are going, hey, Texans are sitting there. We can go up there, trade with them. I, my gut tells me after five picks last year, making his trade with Deshaun to get multiple first-round picks in the future, they'd want to maintain those picks. So yeah. moving down, yes, trading out. I don't think. And trading out what I think would be the way to get a first next year. So I don't think that will happen. My next but second, third rounders, yes, I think that could happen. My next question is not going to be, true Paul, do you think the Texans are going to train the third overall pick? It's not going to be that one because okay. we talked about that ad nauseum since early, yeah, yeah, yeah. mid-January. Gotcha. But with that in mind, it's not a true or false question. Okay. It's a which of these three. I think no matter what, I do think the Texans could trade. I, I think they could stay where they are. But I do think no matter what, trade or not, they're going to have two first rounds, two first round picks at the end of the first round. Yes. So meaning they'll have taken two players when the Correct. first round concludes. Agreed. Now, I've got uh, twins. My wife and I, Vita, have had mm-hmm. had five children. Our first two were twins. Uh, the, yeah, boy and a girl. But yes. we didn't find out their gender beforehand. There was no gender reveal. There was no uh, exploding softballs <laughs> of pink and blue dust or anything like that. Yeah. There was no. I'm saying, I guess if bank raw, if there was a couple like Bonnie and Clyde did, did gender reveals, <laughs> they'd have exploding dye packs, you right? Know, with uh, right. blue and red, yes, or blue and pink. Anyways, poor, uh, poor comparison. Let's you didn't see. set off wildfires in some area because of some no, 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 no. nonsense you did. 
What well, we did Almost though. Said a bad word. We went into we went into the 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 birth with three posters, mm-hmm. with a set of boy and girl name, a set of girl girl names, a set of boy boy names. So we had three right. posters and we wrapped them in paper and then I took them out and I unwrapped the the paper when we found out it was a boy and girl. So are the Texans going to emerge from the first round with an offensive player and a defensive Ooh, player? Okay. Or two defensive players or two offensive players? And I know that's all dependent on talent available at that spot, but what would you think is most likely to happen? Two defense, two offense, or one of each? I think the last, the least to happen, least likely to happen is offense, offense. Got it. I think the the big majority of the, 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 the reason I think that way is this feels like a very defensive heavy draft mm-hmm. at key positions, at the edge, at corner. There are two stud corners, but beyond those corners of Stingley and Sauce, You've got uh, Trent McDuffie from Washington. You've got Andrew Booth from Clemson. Even you go on to the second, third round, you talk about Marcus Jones, played corner, probably could play the nickels. Zion McCollum from out of Sam Houston. I'd love to get him uh, with pick 80 or, you know, right there, 107, 108, top of the fourth round. I just feel like this draft tends to be defensive. Next year's draft is going to be completely offense because you've got all those quarterbacks that are coming in. I'm not going to sit here and tell you the offensive players aren't good, like Neil Aquanu, Charles Cross. You know, tackle position is very, very good. Beyond that, quarterback is not. Running back, you're more than likely not going to see one in the first round. Tight end, you're more than likely not going to see one in the first round. And the wide receivers are all very good, but there's no Jamar Chase. So I got a feeling that the wide receivers could be sitting there kind of twiddling thumbs because teams are like, no, 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 no. We'll get to you guys later. Yeah. Somebody will then break the bank in the 16 to 20 range and go, okay, we're going to take Olave. We're going to take Jameson Williams. But it's going to push those guys down. I think teams are going to go snap up that defensive talent this year. Go get an edge player. I think it's offense, offense, last. I think I'll go defense, 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 offense, offense, offense in that order. I think two defensive players to add. Lovey Smith comes in as a defensive head coach. Nick Casario working together with Lovey. Hey, let's go get some defensive studs and uh, start getting that, that side of the ball rounding into shape the way we want. We got Laramie Tunsil to come back. We extended Brandon Cooks. Justin Britt came back on offense. You got Davis Mills. Are there still pieces needed? Sure. Absolutely. But where the pieces are, we'd all agree. Texas need running back, right? Sure. Well, you're not going to take a running back at first. But there's a zillion of them, it seems like, right. starting in the second, going all the way through right. the seventh. You know? Right. I mean, there's- exactly. There's a ton of them. And for that reason, I think it pushes all – I think it pushes – I would say every one of them out, but I could see a team at the bottom of the first round, one of those playoff teams going, you know what, we're running back away. Man, the Buffalo Bills are like, you know what, Brees Hall, come on, man, let's go. We got all We got all the – now that's 24, 25, mm-hmm. but I could see a team doing that. Okay. However, there's going to be no more than one going in the first round. Texas need running back. They can get one in the second round, third round, fourth round. So – Okay. So at that point, I think it's defense, defense, offense, offense will be at the end. Let's wrap it up then with that in mind. Okay. By the time the draft finishes, whether the Texans have used all 11 of those picks or dealt some away or added some more, Houston will have emerged with at least a combo of three running backs and or receivers. So meaning – Okay. A running back and two receivers, yep. or three running backs, or three receivers, or two receivers and a running back. Okay. Not tight ends. I'm not including them, but Ooh. those th- like those yeah. three skill positions. There's going to be at least three of them 
emerging from this draft. I mean, the, for the Texans, as soon as you put TE in front of somebody's name, it just creates all kinds of havoc because that position's kind of not really what it's it nebulous. Was. Like a guy like take for instance, uh, we were talking about Romeo Dubs, wide receiver from Nevada. He had a teammate named Cole Turner. Uh huh. Cole's kind of a beanpole, six six, two forty. Runs really what well. I mean, glue sticks for hands, but he's not gonna play tight end. He never played tight end. He was playing receiver, but they put T.E. by his name. Right. He's really a wide receiver. Mike Kosicki with the Dolphins. When I was calling the game with Mark, I kept saying, we keep calling him a tight end. He's not a tight end. He's a big wide receiver. So, semantics aside, every single – you talked about the mock drafts that we do. Every time I've done a mock draft for the Texans all the way through, no matter whether I had one mock where I had 17 picks because I made a bunch of trades, <laughs> one that I had 14 picks, every single one – or one where I had 11 picks – Every single one of them, I've come out of there with two running backs. Yep. Every one. Two running backs and a wide receiver. Two running backs and a wide receiver. I want to get better in the trenches, but let's say they stick at 11 picks. I feel like it's a kind of a 7-4-6-5 sort of balance. So four or five players offensively. Will three of those be playmaking types, running backs, wide receivers? I think so. I think so. Partially because the, the running backs are so um, – the running backs are so different. I've always looked at it and thought, too different. I could take James Cook, who's kind of running back, wide receiver, hybrid, and then I want to hammer Hassan Haskins. Or I take a Kenneth Walker early, and then I take a Tyler Batty from out of Missouri, who's kind of a third down back, kind of 5'7-ish, catch the ball in the backfield, make people miss. So I've always had two running backs, and I'm pretty sure every single one of them, there's been a receiver. There's something else that receiver can do. It can be special teams. Is it a perimeter guy? Is it a slot guy? Is it Calvin Austin from Memphis who put in the slot, make return kicks, you know, that kind of thing? I say three, yes. I think it's going to be three pass catching, runners, whatever, however you want to put them together. And if they draft Colt Turner, I'm claiming him as a wide receiver to make sure that Ooh. I am right about this one. Ooh. Hot sports opinions. All right. Well, we appreciate you checking us out here on In the Lab. So much fun to do this with this guy. It's good to – Good to see Back. you like that. Uh, we usually do this on Zoom. But uh, we appreciate you all listening and watching, and we appreciate Jared Huff for putting this all together. He's like uh, Geppetto, you know, the puppeteer, putting things in motion and just making this happen. And I, he doesn't really use the word buttress all the time. That was a joke. And um, anyways, we also appreciate Tyler Sudarth for drinking his water, staying hydrated the way he should. Got off to the side. He's Got to. raising that water up high. And you should drink your water as well. Because water is an excellent, excellent medicine of sorts. And it's not even really a medicine. You don't need to get it prescribed by a doctor. You can just turn the faucet and stick your head under and drink it like that. Or you can yeah, put it in a cup. Yeah. Simple. Until next time, this has been In the Lab.